We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, USU, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Brunch Talk with us, the Dateable Podcast hosts. And every week we get into a meaty question that we've been getting through our emails and we want to dissect it all for you over Brunch Talk. Yes. And then you can take it to your own brunches and dissect it further with your friends or spread the gospel because we're looking to have advice and dissection that empowers you at the end of the day. We're not going to be analyzing every last text message. That's not how we roll. We're doing the bigger topics. But the stuff that's pressing, you know, keeps you up at night. (laughs) Well, I hope this one doesn't keep anybody up at night. But here's the question. (laughs) Is bad sex a deal breaker? Mm. 
I feel like that would keep me up at night. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's definitely not the sex that's keeping you up at night. That's for nope, sure. That's not what's keeping you up. But thinking about it. Whew. And the context of this question is this is very early stages of dating. They've had sex a few times. They have fun on their dates. But the sex is just not good. What do you do? You know, I feel like sex is important. It definitely is into a relationship. It's not everything by all means, but it is a factor that, you know, should be good, right? That being said, I feel like people shouldn't get alarmed right away if it's not good. I've definitely been there before where it gets much better over time, and especially it depends how many dates they've had too, but it's totally natural to be nervous the first couple times when you're having sex. So I guess the question here maybe to reframe it is, how bad are we talking? Yeah. Are we talking yeah. like... What is bad? <laughs> like, I want this to end right, right this minute, or... Is it just not fireworks? Because I think those are very different. And I've been there before where it's like this, I want this to end immediately. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes that's hard to, to come back from. Although if you can pinpoint what it is, maybe that could help pending it's something that could actually get changed. But if it's the latter, that's just, it's not fireworks. I don't think that's a deal breaker. It's it's funny because sex is like the one thing that we don't talk about with partners. And especially early on, it can come off very critical or, you know, insulting even if you share that it's not good. But I think just learning more about what turns them on, what their sex style is, it's all about how you phrase it. Not that there's a problem with your sex life, but opening up a conversation of what would make it even better I think that can be a path that can help. Also, maybe even just trying it more and getting more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that episode of Sex and City when Carrie was really into that? Was it Burger? Burger, yes. yes. They were so yes, into each other yes. emotionally. And then they had sex and it was crickets because it was just so boring at that right. point. Right. I can't understand how that could happen. It, like we've seen it during the pandemic. You have this virtual relationship with someone. You're e very emotionally connected. And then the physical is just not there once you meet. I also agree. I don't think it's a deal breaker. I do think from my experience, bad sex comes from not talking about sex. And if two people aren't talking about it, then it's just going to stay the way it is. I think there's something really beautiful about asking your partner, what do you like? What turns you mm -hmm. on? What has been your sexual experience in the past? Like talk openly about it so that when you're in the middle of doing it, you don't feel like you are blocked from saying something because sex right. is also a form of communication. Yeah. I mean, even just using the Carrie and Burger example, whenever she went and tried to buy all these sexy yep. outfits yep. and shoes, she got wasted hoping that would help. Yep. And none of it worked. But as soon as they both address the elephant in the room, Yep. that's when the, the chemistry started to happen. I think also, what about the outside chemistry? Because in their case, too, they had really good like kissing and yeah. everything else was good. They were very attracted to each other still. So I believe like if that stuff is good, you can make it work sex wise. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things that I don't think there's like a blanket answer and it's a scale. And if you really are like cringing being around this person or just not attracted, it is going to be hard to come back from that. But if you're you know, relatively attracted, it's just not perfect, then I think you definitely can. Yeah, if you're attracted enough, the sex can get good. I mean, it's, there's a potential there. I 
think just by ignoring the topic, that's the danger zone. I had a relationship where we didn't have sex for a year and I ended up resenting this person because I just kept thinking like, well, they obviously don't find me attractive or they're low on their hormones or something. There was something wrong with us, but we just never openly talked about it. And that's why it just got worse and worse. So worst thing you can do right now is to ignore the topic. Yeah. And I also feel like the earlier you can do it, the better. And again, it's all how you say it. And because if months and months go by, it gets harder and harder to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. Sex is such an interesting topic. It really is. What you might think is bad could also be good for someone else yeah. just based on their sexual history. So you ha- that's why it's like so important to talk about it because maybe they're like, this is the bomb. Like, this is the best sex of my life. It's so weird how as society we're told that we shouldn't talk about I sex. I know. I know. Ever. And there is this feeling like you're going to make someone feel that they're unattractive or they're not good at sex. And yeah, like I... I don't think it needs to be that way if it's done in a collaborative way of how can we make this better for the two of us. Mm -hmm. It kind of reminds me of the episode we did a while back with the sex journal. Yep. And, you know, this could even this advice goes even if you're having amazing sex, like they were having great sex, but they wanted to improve their sex lives. Mm -hmm. And it was coming from a place of how can we make this better together? Yeah, because it is a form of communication. If you're going to work on all the other avenues of a relationship, you can't forget about the physical part of it, too. And that's why I think when remember that. Oh, my God. Remember that time I met someone who hadn't had sex with her husband in like six years. Yeah, they were they've been married for eight years, hadn't had sex in six years. And she's like, it's fine. Every other part of our relationship is fine. It's fine. That's not how you want to describe your relationship. It's fine. No, no. I think I've heard before that sex is a barometer for the relationship. And while I don't think sex is everything, you know, I do kind of agree with that statement because I do think it shows like if you're not having sex, what are the reasons that are a little deeper? There's always a deeper reason. It's not just sex. It's either, you know, feel comfortable with each other or, you know, there's something going on for one of you individually, some insecurity or something that's happening. But, you know, I mean, there are people that are asexual that have healthy relationships. So again, I never want to say that it's everything. But it really depends on your views on sex, how important it is. And then talking about that to your partner, because it's like everything else. It's a compatibility area. Yeah. I don't think bad sex in the beginning is a bad thing. It just means that you have things to work on. I found it kind of strange when people say they love one night stands, because I think one night stands have been the worst sex of my life. (laughs) Definitely. Right? Because you don't know each other. You don't know each other's bodies. You don't know what turns each other on. And if it happens to be good sex that was just good luck that's it doesn't mean you did anything right so it just takes time and i think that's the exciting part of like initial early stages of dating is that you can explore what makes each other tick and Mm -hmm. you know like your sex life can just get better from there yeah i mean i know there's been people that i've dated that it wasn't fireworks from day one Mm. but I did have an overall attraction to them and it did get better over time in some cases became amazing over time but then there was one case I'm thinking about Uh that was just horrible and I wanted to get out of there immediately I wanted it to end I gave it one more chance like I went on one more date after because I feel like on paper he was good 
good. Like it was good on paper type of person, uh-huh. but there was a chemistry and connection that was just lacking. So it went deeper than just sex, I think is the like result of it, right? Yeah. And I remember I gave it one more chance. We went on a date for dinner and he was about to go away to Europe for six weeks. And he was like, okay, do you want to go back to my house? And I just did not want to. And I remember I was in school at the time. Like I was in um, like night school for design. Oh my god! And I just remember being like, I have homework I need to do. (laughs) And he was like, really? But I'm like, that is a sign that (laughs) you'd prefer to do your homework over having sex. That's a really bad side. So I do think there's sometimes like I would also listen to your own body too. Yeah. So try to get out of your head a little with this and listen to your body. If your body is like clenching and like cramping up because you do not want this person to touch you, that's very different than still feeling open to explore with them. Yeah, your body does not lie at all. It knows. Your head will. Yes, your head will say, good on paper, checks all the boxes, seems like a nice person. But your body is like, no, I don't want to do this. And you have to you have to really listen to every part of your body to hear that. I also don't love that society pressures us to perform when it comes to sex. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you got to be really good in bed for someone to talk about you during brunch. (laughs) You know, you're really bad in bed either way. (laughs) You want to be really good really bad for brunch talk and I think that's really (laughs) unfortunate because we're not porn stars and it's not one size fits all the way someone performs with someone else is different than they do it with you so get rid of that pressure to like be bomb in bed because that's not always the case that's a really good point too is you know your own expectations yeah and a lot of times if it's not fireworks on day one it's because we expect it will and especially yeah. if the chemistry is really hot i mean going back to the burger and carrie yeah example she was expecting it to be incredible because they like closed down restaurants making out all night and all the works right so i think sometimes those times can fall short because there's so much expectation that goes with it. Oh, that's so true. It's bringing me back to that three-week fling I had because we, (laughs) this was in in San Francisco, we were like, you know, before we even had sex, we just had crazy physical chemistry. And the, the week leading up to us having sex, we were like, oh, my God, you're going to be this is going to be yeah. so great. It's going to be fireworks. And he's like, I bet you're kinky. And I'm like, I bet you're kinky. And we had the most vanilla sex ever. <laughs> and when we were done, he was like, that's not what I expected. And I was like, no, not me oh. neither. So then we took some Molly and then it was better, obviously. And then <laughs> when we're sober again. It ended so fast. We were like, this is just, this is like a fairy tale we're trying to act out. It, it was just so boring. Wait, so was that the demise of the relationship? Or yes. was there other reasons? Oh, no. So bad sex was the demise in your situation. I mean, obviously it was, a la- <laughs> it was a nuanced situation. It was that plus <laughs> the fact that he was like, not what I wanted. <laughs> so it's, so okay, sex, so there's always a deeper reason. There's always a deeper reason. The bad sex and the bad match were, you know, the combination. But I was like, at least I'll get really good sex out of this. No. 
It was not. No. Nope. Nope. I love that he acknowledged it too. He's like, that's not what I expected. But I think that's actually why One Night Stands could be better sometimes because mm. you have no, no expectation qualms. going yeah. in. Yeah. You're like, I may never see this person again. I don't know. I don't have any built up preconceptions about them that's telling me that this is going to be incredible. None of that exists, which is actually kind of beautiful in a way if you can bring that to people that you're actually dating and start to <laughs> develop feelings for. Just have low <laughs> expectations. <laughs> It's not even no, it's low. This is going to be really bad sex. No, it's It's hard too. like if you, you know, you're in your 30s or even 20s or older, whatever it is, you might have had your share of partners. Yeah. Not saying that there's anything wrong with that at all, just by pure age of numbers and the fact that a lot of us are dating multiple people and not being in serious relationships as much as in the past. Sometimes you can get stuck on what's worked for you with other people, but remembering that everyone is different. There's things that are going to be, you know, incredible about this person that was just different than the last person. And just because it's not the same doesn't mean that it's bad. Yeah. And we really should be giving each other more feedback about our sex lives because we only say when the sex is good, but we don't ever tell someone when the sex is bad and how it can be improved. So we need to pay it forward because that's why you're getting the bad sex right now. It was probably because nobody told (laughs) them that this was bad sex. They probably thought it was incredible this whole time. There was another Sex of the City episode where the guy thought that he gave every girl an orgasm and Miranda was like, nope. No, but he was so baffled. But I don't know what's the line of that because I feel like it needs to be constructive. It can't just be. Oh, no, it can't be like you suck at sex. But okay, I'll give you a very good example. For the longest time, I would give my partners good reviews. That was incredible. But when it was just blah, I wouldn't say anything. It's like, "Eh, it's fine. But the times when it's fine is because there was no lead up, no build up to Mm -hmm. the sex. It was just like straight to like penetration. And that doesn't get me off at all. And I will that will never be good sex. Not Mm. until this current relationship was I able to give that feedback of I really need lead up time. Let's start talking Mm. about sexy things like two or three hours before we even have sex. That is what gives me incredible sex. So I don't think that's like it's bad sex. It's more like this is what turns me on even more. Well, I love that because it was all about you, not about them. Right, right. Yeah. And that's the key. It can't be that you, suck you suck in bed. In sex. Yeah. Your penis doesn't They're work. They're just going to leave at that point. There's no way that that could be a way that brings you to closer. <laughs> you like you like have a sign at the end, D. <laughs> Maybe D plus. I don't know. I feel like there should be an app for that. Just like log in, see what your score was. <laughs> And if you never want to see them again, just be like, check a box at the end. Didn't get an orgasm. (laughs) Oh, I love this. An anonymous sex rating app. Yeah, that's a good way to tell people, right? That they're bad in bed without telling them. But the app would have to verify that you are an actual partner or a former partner versus someone who's just trying to ruin someone's life. I do think there is, and again, like, I don't want to put it back on the person submitting this, but I do think some of it is you too. While there's definitely things you can say to your partner, and maybe there's a situation where they just aren't great in bed, we don't know. But some of it's the own enthusiasm that you bring, and also how comfortable you're feeling in your own body. Mm Because I know personally, times when I wasn't feeling good about myself, I didn't have good sex, or I didn't want sex as much. 
and it had absolutely nothing to do with the other person. So while there's definitely things that you can communicate of your own desires and what you want from them in a way, of course, that's, you know, building them up, not putting them down. But I'd also take a look at how I'm showing up too. Oh, so true. So true. But most of the time it's their fault, right? (laughs) (laughs) No dead fishes. Have you ever? (laughs) Oh, I've had too many. I don't even count those as sex partners. Like there was no penetration. It's just literal like flapping against the hole. Just this. That's not (laughs) penetration. I think my definition of a dead fish is different than yours. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking of that person that just like lays there. Just As you started talking, I was like, I don't think we're talking about the same thing. Sorry, I'm thinking of a flaccid fish. (laughs) (laughs) What if a dead fish and a flaccid fish got together? Worst sex ever. Then that's the best nap of your fucking life. (laughs) Another thing that I just thought of is what is sex even? We think Mm. of it, you know, traditionally as penetration, but that isn't what sex is. That's a very hetero view of sex. True. So just because one thing isn't working doesn't mean something else won't work. That's very true. I think foreplay is part of sex. I think yeah, exactly. Sexting is part of sex. Yeah, that can all be part of the experience. The other thing, too, is positions. Like, what have you tried? Mm. Because it's not just one thing, right? So many positions out there. <laughs> so many positions that I don't even know how you get into. <laughs> like the fucking helicopter. Although some of them I feel like I've seen like in magazines or articles. I'm like, how the fuck do you do this? This looks so difficult. <laughs> you have to be so flexible. And not just you, but your partner has to be equally as flexible. And if you are both not contortionist, how do you get into these positions? But yes, try it anyway. Yes. Don't feel bad if you're sticking with the basics, but even the basics, right? Like yeah. if you're doing missionary and it's not doing it for you, there's many other options that you can go to. I feel like there's only one position for me, though. <laughs> I always it's only one. I've tried many, but there's only one that works. What is that? It's uh, it's not cowgirl. Yeah, it's cowgirl. Not reverse girl cowgirl, on top. Girl on top. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like women. That's very common because it's just you have more control. So I guess for the men out there that are listening, hetero men, maybe try that. Add that to your repertoire if it's not already. That could solve your problem right there. So I heard this interesting theory why women like it on top is because if you know how to masturbate and get yourself off, Mm. that's usually the position where you have the most control, right? So you just basically treat the man as a dildo or pillow or whatever you use. (laughs) That's so romantic. (laughs) so romantic. But I like this because... Uh, I'm going to bring it back to Taylor Tomlinson again. You have to watch the special, Julie. It's so funny. I saw it live for a special. Wait, which one? The most recent one? Yeah, like I saw it in San Francisco. We went to the actual Uh, show. Yeah. I thought she was so spot on with the sex thing where she's like, if... If your first orgasm is with someone else, that's like if a realtor is showing your own house, you know, <laughs> like you feel ripped off. Oh, here you have a second bedroom. I didn't yeah. know I had a second bedroom, you know. <laughs> so she's like, you have to, you, when you get off, get off with yourself first, then you'll right. know how to get off with other people. I like that point a lot. I like it. In our Facebook group, there was a question about sex and one of the responses Janice, our moderator, posted about, she's like, I don't love doing challenges, but (laughs) what if you did a 30-day challenge, like sex challenge? Mm. And I actually went and looked it up this morning because I was curious. 
and I feel like it's actually something I might want to try, even though I'm not, I have no qualms about our sex life. I think it's just good. It basically like pushed you to try different things, ah. or to you know maybe there's a day that what like was a different form of sex, mm-hmm. or there was so many different aspects of it that just got you thinking in different ways about what sex and connection meant. Mm. So I feel like even if you're not like in the situation where you're trying to make something better, it still could always be a good way to make something good even better. Yeah, think outside the bed, I guess. In that, in, in <laughs> well, yeah, this. one of them was like have sex not in your not bed. Not in your bed. Because sometimes you just fall into tra- like patterns and it's the same thing every time. Yeah. I mean, I like we always have the best sex when we're on vacation because it's different. Yeah, different environment. And you feel a little bit different. It just feels novel. But at home, yeah, it's, it's very easy to be complacent when it comes to sex. Another piece, like maybe it's the environment too. Like what yeah. if your person you're dating just has a really shitty, uncomfortable bed? True. You know, like maybe it actually isn't their sex ability. There could be little tweaks that you make that <laughs> make it a lot better. I, be- I believe that. I believe that my little studio in New York, I could only fit a futon in there. Okay. You know how <laughs> futons work? There's a big dip in the middle. Okay. Oh <laughs> and it was a full-size futon. It was not very big, oh but it God. was the ultimate test of how creative someone could be. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, UA is the worst at bed. Oh, wait, it's just our futon. <laughs> I don't know how many knees I bruised on that dip oh in the middle, God. but I ended up selling that futon, TMI. I ended up selling that <laughs> futon to this guy. <laughs> this like young, good looking 20 some year old guy. He's like, thanks so much. And I was like, take good care of this futon. Oh my God. There's so many things that are wrong with that story. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I hope he's having really good sex though. I mean... <laughs> I feel like you're like, oh, it's really coincidental that they always want me to go to their place. (laughs) (laughs) It's so weird that they always want to do a standing up. (laughs) You know, though, there is also a side of it. The more we talk, the more I keep thinking about things. But I feel like when I'm not super comfortable with someone at the beginning stages, I prefer to be on my own turf. Totally. So maybe some of it is just switching it up to your place versus theirs and seeing if it makes a difference for both of you. Because, you know, if you're at your house, they could be nervous and not performing as well because of that. It's very true. Yeah. Think of it as an opportunity to experiment. It's not a deal breaker. It's an opportunity. Just don't fuck it up. There's some things that are like I think there's universally things that you just should not do in in bed or after you have sex with someone. One example is don't send them a text saying I miss your Chinese pussy. Just like I don't know, just one of those things like I just don't think that works ever. I love I mean I hate that story but I love it at the same time just cuz it's like horrible in the way you tell it, but it's horrible. Like, I don't know why anyone would ever think that was a good text to send ever. That does not make me wet at all. In fact, nope. it dries Dry me up, up right away and I will ghost the fuck out of you. Bye. Was that someone that you slept with on the futon? Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was. He deserved that. He deserved that crack in the middle. <laughs> oh. Okay. Lessons learned. You can save bad sex, but also look at it on the scale and don't force things that can't work either. 
Yeah. Don't think of it as bad sex. Think of, think of it as sex with potential. Yes. Yep. And you're good. And if you're really not feeling that person, set them free and let them have good sex on a futon <laughs> with someone else. <laughs> oh, pay it forward. Pay it forward, everyone. Well, we paid it forward with this episode of Brunch Talk. We'll be back next week with another meaty, juicy, commonly asked question. But until then, enjoy your brunch. Enjoy. The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag stay dateable and trust us. We look at all of those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.